Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real-life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates as we debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, frauds, scams, and multi-level marketing. Hey, Hunbots and Hunbros. It's been another week, and I feel like they are flying by. They're so jam-packed, especially this past week with Valentine's Day and our anniversary and the bonus episode. I also want to say thank you to everybody who commented and reached out about Nick's episode. Seriously, it was one of my favorite episodes so far this year. Uh, Just a really great conversation. I was just on Nick's podcast. I'm not sure when that will come out, but check social media because probably a week or two. And uh, it was just a really, it's a really great conversation. And I cannot wait to have more conversations about reality TV and the cult of reality TV with Nick and others as I branch out and reach out and ask people if they'd be willing to talk. Um, We are actually watching Love is Blind season six with our new lens on the Discord, if that is something that you're interested in doing. It's kind of fun. We are watching it as though they are characters. We're making predictions and we're creating inside jokes already and it's a really good time. So if you are watching and you want to come watch with us, we are doing that on Discord. It is kind of random, but um, we do tag everybody. So if you're free and you see it and you've got the app on your phone, come join us and hang out. It is a really good time. And once we're done watching Love is Blind, we're going to have Nick back on. I've already talked to him and he said it sounds really fun and we're going to do a big Q&A. So yeah, get on board, watch the show, write your questions down and join us on Discord when we do that AMA with Nick Thompson. It is going to be a really fun time. This episode is a really fun one because I'm talking with filmmaker Rachel Weatherly, who has a couple of really great short films. The links are in the show notes. I would definitely recommend watching them. Like I said, they're short films. I want to say they're like around 10 minutes each. Really, really great anti-MLM content. Thrillers. There's some jump scares, some psychological stuff. It's great. And we talk about both of them in this episode. So you will have spoilers if you want to watch it. I would say watch it now or watch it immediately after with the spoilers already. We don't give all the spoilers, but there are some spoilers. And then we talk about her inspiration for making these films and the capitalist cults and the content creators that inspired her. Big thank you to our newest Patreon members. Thank you to EBJ, Ricardo McConey, Kathleen, Bianca Lindahl, Collier Landry, and Hales. Thank you for coming by, hanging out, and being a part of it. There aren't a lot of content warnings for this episode, aside from the short film spoilers and a little bit of the topics that we talk about in those short films. They are thrillers and horrors. 
So it would be a similar content warning to that, except we don't really go into any detail. Other than that, make sure you check out these films. They are great. I love anti-MLM content in any form, and I especially love finding it in the fictional realm because I mostly see the non-fictional side of anti-MLM. So anti-MLM in the fictional realm is great. We also just finished watching On Becoming a God in Central Florida on the Discord, and we will be watching it again because it's kind of like book club. It was really fun to watch, and there were a couple people that um, expressed wanting to watch it and not being able to. So we will watch it again in the future. I love this kind of fictional content because you can have a little bit more fun poking fun at all of the ridiculousness of multi-level marketing um, without hurting people's feelings. It's compassionate humor. You know what I mean? I think you're going to love this episode. Have a wonderful week and I will see you back here next Sunday. Bye. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. We've got a fun one today. This person was actually brought to my attention because Michelle had found one of her short films on YouTube and said, we should watch this in the Patreon. And we did. And then I think I reached out to her and said, I love this film. And we sort of started talking back and forth. And here she is on the show. So without further ado, I would love to welcome Rachel Weatherly. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I am really excited to talk to you. You have many short films on YouTube and on your website, and I haven't watched those yet, but I have watched your MLM specific ones, mm-hmm. and both of them are fantastic. Thank you. We're going to talk about these today, and don't worry, all of the ways to find and watch these are in the show notes so that you guys can follow along, and they are fantastic. You have to watch them. They're just Brilliant. So I want to talk to you about your inspiration for these films and all of that. But let's start off with you introducing yourself, what you do and sort of how you got there. Yeah, so I am a writer filmmaker based out of Richmond, Virginia. So I went to school for advertising. I'm still in advertising. So my day job is I'm an advertising copywriter. So I've done a lot of different random campaigns here and there. But my first love has always been filmmaking. Over the years, met people in town who are also in advertising and, you know, we're all like, what do we want to do? Like when we don't have to be doing ads for the local bank or the local sub shop or something. And it's, we'll make films together. And I met my DP, my director of photography, Devin that way. And so we've been collaborating over the years and just working our way up slowly, but surely into more and more advanced things. So you have just really funny stories. Thank you. It's so clever. And a lot of times, like, I'll see people make jokes up, like about MLMs and the language is close, but not quite. And you are so like on the nose with what somebody would say, the manipulation behind it, like the love bombing, like just watching it. And I'm like, mm-hmm, I know that lady, like, <laughs> that lady was my upline. Like it is you are so spot on. So I know there has to be some sort of MLM background somewhere in your life. So what is the inspiration behind doing these specific topics? So, I mean, not to, you know, love on you too much, but Lula Rich was like such a huge inspiration for this. So my friends and I, we made that the Hun one. That's like sort of a horror comedy type thing. Very lo-fi. It just did it in my house. And then... 
I saw Lula Rich and I was just so, because I mean, I obviously was making jokes about it, but then I watched the documentary and I was so taken by some of the stories of, of just like how devastating that MLMs can actually be versus like, yeah, they're all funny, you know. At the, but at the same time, there's an undercurrent of some really sinister stuff going on. And so then I sort of pivoted to, okay, I want to do something a little bit more serious that really takes it head on and adds that sort of sinister quality to it. So that then that's where like the downline started getting developed like right after that. But I like studied um, like stuff like your podcast, other YouTube videos, just to really get the language down. I've never personally been in an MLM, but constantly through college would get approached in the grocery store, would get approached at the coffee shop. And the first time I got approached, I was like, oh, this is just a new friend. What someone wants to be my friend? You know, I'm 18, 19 years old. I'm in college. I don't know anybody. And, you know, then you go out to coffee and then halfway through, they give you a book and they're like, you should read this book on business principles. And I'm like, oh, I thought we were just getting coffee. Like, why are you giving me a book? And then, you know, you go back and see them again. They're like, you should join, you know, you're in college, you want to make a little extra money. And I'm like, oh, you didn't want to be my friend. <laughs> so I don't have any direct experience. I have had friends, family members get involved for sure, but totally not knowing what it can turn into. How funny. I mean, it's spot on. It really is. <laughs> I remember watching it because I saw the downline first mm -hmm. and then the hun. Before we hopped on, I watched both of them again, just to sort of refamiliarize myself with them because like they're very similar and they both have this sort of like dark comedy horror to them. But it's interesting that you say that your experience with watching Lula Rich fell in between the two because you can tell there's more psychological manipulation and there's just this underlying of like guilt it just, it was really relatable, but like, I also felt compassion for them. Okay, good. Yeah. I went through a whole range of emotions <laughs> with the downline. <laughs> well, cause that was the thing too, that ultimately at the end of the day, it's based on all the research and stuff I did, the stories that I heard. And it was like, ultimately it's like, it's like people that get involved in an MLM are also being manipulated too. And so like any cult or thing like that, like you join for a good reason, you know? There, there's a good intention behind that. What it turns into might not be eventually. That's the psychology of it, though. It's you want to be with people that you like, find that community, find a purpose, you know. And those are all things that we can relate to. And so I never wanted to come at it from a point of, that I was like making fun of the characters or seeing them as the, the villain, really. I, I wanted to just take a little bit more of a compassionate angle or just uh, wanting to understand, really that empathizing I guess you could say yeah so let's talk about the earlier film The Hun yeah. which came out in 2022 and all of these are on YouTube and linked in the show notes I first have to say that The Hun is perfect she's perfect <laughs> Good. I don't know if it's the actress and she has the MLM experience or what but like she is so perfect <laughs> Yeah, shout out to Terry Gao. She's a great actress. She's been in a lot of films here in Richmond. She's just such a great actor. Really great comedic talent, too. But yeah, I think she might have some MLM experience, but she plays it off really well. 
I mean, there are some lines that are so cutting and she is a Tupperware sales lady. You, you watch the film and she's got this whole stack of containers and goes into this whole pitch and it very quickly becomes very mean spirited, <laughs> which is so relatable. Where also you're like, I'm just not interested, but thanks. And, you know, this woman is like, don't you want to own your own business or whatever? The young wife says, you don't own Tupperware. <laughs> and then the hun says, you barely own your house. And I was like, <laughs> dang. <laughs> like, it's just, it's such a hun thing to say to like attack something completely unrelated <laughs> to what's going on. But like also like be cutting enough that you're like, oh. What? Oh my God. Like I laughed out loud. Good, good. I'm so glad. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. The way that she weaponizes the toxic femininity of multi-level marketing, it was just, it's, you know, your writing is fantastic and the story was hilarious. It reminds me of like, you know, it could be a Black Mirror episode. <laughs> it, could. it could. Yeah. This just weird sales lady that just won't leave. Wow, what is all this? Just the best set of Tupperware you've ever seen. Perfect for your bacon. Absolutely perfect. Thank you so much. How generous of you. Uh-uh. The whole set is $249.99. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I thought it was a gift from the welcome wagon. Well, I can't just give it to you, hon. I have a business to run. And I get that the price is a little high. Really, I do. But I promise you, I swear on my mama and daddy, it will last a lifetime. I can't possibly pay that much, Sue. I'm sorry. I have a few other expenses that are more pressing right now. Of course. Don't worry about it. If you can't pay now, there are other ways you can afford it. How do you mean? How do you feel about sales? Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the Flow Knit High Rise Boyfriend Jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claim standard approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite, and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers, and you've got a perfect effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com MLM for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot MLM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. 
quince.com slash MLM. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. And they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. And then it gets really dark really fast. And you think she's leaving and she's never left, you know? Yeah, I just, I thought it was really interesting. You know, she's like the nosiest neighbor ever. I'm like, how do you know all of this information? And again, it goes back to this weird obsession that people who are in MLMs can have when you say no. When you don't buy into what they're doing or you give them any pushback or you say you don't own your business or this is a pyramid scheme. I mean, to the extreme, obviously, it's a dark comedy horror. But at the same time, for me, like just again, it was really relatable. I was like, yeah, like I that's from the comment section. Like that's straight (laughs) off the comment section. Well, uh, that's really cool to hear you say that it's uh, relatable. I showed that at a small festival here in town. The year that I made it and the jump scare part of it totally brought the house down. I don't, MLMs are so interesting because it's something that everybody knows what they are, but they also don't know how to talk about them all the time. My mom did like cabbie parties and Mary Kay and all that stuff, but she never talked about it in a way that was like, she was the one buying all the clothes. So she was never the the rep or anything, but I never heard about it talked about in a manipulative way. It was just it was a lot of people came up to me afterward and were like, I've had experience with these people before, but like, I never knew, you know, what to call it. But yeah, so it's just, it's cool to hear you say that, especially you hear you say it's relatable after everything that you've experienced. It's really cool to hear that even the audience like elicited that response where they were like, oh my gosh, that reminded me of my time in Tupperware or Mm -hmm. when I was in Mary Kay or whatever and like really brought out people and gave them, you know, the the safe space to make a joke about it and bring it out and say, I'm going to talk to you about this because a lot of times people don't want to talk about these things because they're made out to be a complete and utter failure. And so even the fact that you've got this dark and the jump scare got me i mean i'm a big wimp but the jump scare i was like oh my god oh whoo she got me on that one so if you're scared easily (laughs) (laughs) like i am (laughs) 
but it was a fun jump scare. It just was delightful. And I just really enjoyed it. Thank you. And it was tongue in cheek enough and like silly enough to know that you're like making fun of this phenomenon without making fun of specific people or anything like that. So I think that totally came through as well. I didn't think it was mean spirited at all. I was like, dang, this is like (laughs) someone has MLM experience or someone very, very much did their research. That was so cool to hear. Thank you. And so the one that we watched on the Patreon was your other short film called The Downline, which came out last year in 2023. Mm -hmm. So The Downline is the one that you made after watching Lula Rich and sort of listening to the podcast and going, okay, so these people, they're not just like the weird Tupperware lady. (laughs) Right, yeah. There's something going on here. Oh, and by the way, why Tupperware? What made you decide to use Tupperware as the MLM in The Hun? Because it was really accessible. It was just, you go buy a pack of 30 from Costco and we made like a little tower out of it. We just like hot glued all these things together. Um, But yeah, it was really the most visual thing. And then with the the joke payoff at the end, I was like, I want her to use the product in a way that like sort of flips the whole narrative on its head, really. So like, what could I use really? Essential oils came up. That was like one of them. I was like, maybe that could be like a weird hallucinogenic some sort of a thing like we spin it in a way but ultimately we chose Tupperware because of the direction that the narrative ends on it was hilarious (laughs) I love all the Tupperware stuff there was a show back in like the 90s that was kind of like a black mirror twilight zone kind of thing for kids I think on Nickelodeon called Erie Indiana and they did an episode called I think it was like forever wear but it was the same thing but essentially The hun looked so young and fresh because she slept in the forever wear at night. <laughs> Kept her fresh. <laughs> that is amazing. So that was the twist on that one. It was really funny. I think the episode's called Forever Wear. What was the show called? Eerie Indiana. Eerie Indiana. It has the kid from uh, Hocus Pocus in it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> These are the weird things I remember. And I still joined an MLM. And I remember, it's like my favorite episode of Erie, Indiana of all time. Like as a kid, it was my favorite one. Oh, interesting. (laughs) This is a a canon event. Like this was supposed to happen. (laughs) So there was nothing I could do. I was say, let's psychoanalyze this. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So in the downline, you really can tell that there's a bit more empathy. There's a bit more understanding of the perpetrator victim dual personality almost that you have to have when you're in an MLM of once you get in and you understand, oh, the only way to be successful is not to be the last one in. (laughs) So I got to get a couple people underneath me so that I'm no longer the last one in and getting that understanding. The MLM in, in the film is called Lemonwell. What's the inspiration behind Lemonwell? (laughs) To be honest, there's not a big story there. It was just, I was trying to think of a wellness word and like a fruit and mash them up. (laughs) And that was one that didn't yield any Google results. I think there was like a failed Kickstarter campaign for water bottles called lemon well or something. But I was like, that actually sounds like it could be a legit company. And it's not like over the top either that it sounds like silly. It sounds like something you might actually buy, but yeah, ultimately it just came from me just like trying to mash up wellness words and appealing sounds together I feel like that's probably also how MLMs are actually named. (laughs) 
And it's just a stupid enough name to be believable that it's perfect for an MLM, fake or real. I get wellness, I get essential oils, I get like lemon makes me think fresh, makes me think organic. It was one of those things too that it's like it could have, the product could be anything really. Like it could have been clothes or essential oils or workout stuff. Like it could be anything. And that's sort of what I wanted to conjure up to versus like, this is a cabbie thing or a Mary Kay where it's very specific as to what it is, but this is, they could sell you anything. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I felt that. I was like, I wonder what they sell. I bet it's wellness. But I wonder like other people watching it going like, oh yeah, it's definitely, it's just, it's very nondescript Mm -hmm. and it's a great name. I think it works with so many. I love that opening shot of like the Zoom call of everybody on the Zoom call yeah, and the yeah. mega hun, Poppy, being like, this is what we're going to do. I can do it. You can do it. We can do it. And there's people who just kind of have these dead eyes where they're just sort of nodding like, yep, just taking it in. You, We've all seen them on our Zoom calls. And then there's the one person that like has a legitimate concern who is like being, you know, praised and saying, oh, no, you're so amazing. Can't you see it in yourself? Like, it's the whole thing. Like, it really is. I'm watching this going, I I could have been in this Zoom call. Like, I have been in this Zoom call. And we notice there's one screen that is does not have her camera on. And that's sort of she's sort of the focus of yeah. the story on the backside of this of this recruit who just decides that it's all too much. and you know, there's some trigger warnings in here because of what happens, but it is, you know, it's a psychological thriller. But I also want to say that I have heard real stories of this happening to people, of people deciding to take their life or people deciding to do things that are not necessarily the best choice in certain situations. It's not unheard of to have this be the outcome of what happens with this member of this MLM. What was the inspiration for you to have her sort of drop the ball and go super anti-MLM and call everybody out just before her final moments? Yeah, there. I mean, there were stories that I had read about people going to that extreme. And obviously within a film, too, it's like I wanted to have that sense of this is the extreme version of what could happen sort of a thing, just to really like paint that picture. But it's, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like when you realize you've been had sort of a thing and like that anger that comes out of it and like the shame and embarrassment really. And it's like, if I'm going to go down, it's, you know, I'm, her last thing is I'm, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to bring Poppy. I like the mega hunt, Meg, bring her down with me sort of a thing. At that moment, I really just wanted to like tap in to that sense of anger that I think we all feel even not just like within MLM stuff but anytime that like that when a friend hurts you it's like you might want to lash out at them it might not be the healthiest way to communicate but ultimately like Poppy was not her friend you know it's like she thought she was and this was just like such a feeling of betrayal to drag somebody into something that like was never going to be successful in the first place yeah I feel her pain and I feel that hell hath no fury anger when you see the whole picture and you're like, oh, the whole time, like you were manipulating, you were never my friend, you were manipulating me. And I can see that. And, you know, this girl, April, she prattles off a couple reasons of things that have brought her to this point. 
which again are all reasons and realities that I have heard and stories we have told on the show before. So again, it's very realistic in terms of like the worst thing that could possibly happen when you go all in on a company that doesn't actually care about you. Yeah. Care anything about you really at all. No, exactly. There's this secondary plot line that we see because the story is about Poppy and she's sort of battling with her cognitive dissonance. She's got the one side where she's like, should I feel bad about this? She was like my first recruit and, you know, we were friends and she's scrolling through social media and looking at pictures of them together and things like this. But there's also this whole like, but this is my business and like you have to replace a brick that goes away no matter how they go away. And so there's this sort of recruitment scene where you watch Poppy. It's very predatory. And I remember sitting there and going, wait, let me watch that again. And when you watch it, like really pay attention because Poppy is almost like a lion stalking her prey where she watches this woman trying to unsuccessfully hand out flyers for her other job. And she watches her go into the store and she follows her in and she accidentally bumps into her with a bullshit line opener, you know, to be like, oh, look at your cute thing. And it's so what's the word? It's so natural. And I could put myself in that position of being like, oh, yeah, like that seems like a perfect person to recruit. But the way that she almost stalks her prey and it's so intentional, like that scene for me was just like, oh, my gosh, this is so realistic. really cute bag. I can never find designer stuff when I thrift, so <laughs> you're so lucky. Thanks, but I didn't find it here. My sister gave it to me. Oh, wow. Well, she has great taste. Oh, my God. I would rip through this like the Hulk. My shoulders? <laughs> oh, my God. What about you? What are you looking for? Oh, um, nothing. I'm, I'm just killing time on my lunch break. Me too. What do you do for work? I, um, I do marketing for a barcade. They make me hand out flyers <laughs> that people don't want. I think I saw one of those. The place looks cute. If you like sticky floors and beer in your hair, sure. <laughs> well, I work from home, so no sticky floors or beer in sight. That must be nice. I'm glad that it came across that way. I think I literally wrote in the script that it was like a lion, like stalking or prey sort of a thing. That it's out of all these people that, you know, are passing on at the shopping center during the day. It's, she sees the woman who's struggling. She sees the college sweatshirt on. She sees her give up. And yeah, the line is total BS when she runs into her. I chose the ugliest, you know, purse I could find really just to have them meet. And it's like, what? you don't care about this. 
but yeah, I'm, I'm glad that that came across naturally. I, I really pulled from, have you seen the movie Taxi Driver? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a scene when Travis Bickle, Robert De Niro's character is, he becomes obsessed with this woman who works at a political organization. And it's like all these people are passing and passing and then she emerges in slow motion really. And it's like from his perspective of just, Oh, I want that person. And it is very predatory. And so I wanted to be like, that's kind of like, could be the mindset of you got to pick out the right person. Cause it's not everybody that's going to say yes. I mean, and maybe you could speak to that too. You got to figure out the type of person that you want to ask because you want to get them to say yes. You don't want them to turn around and tell you to show off and, you know, I know what you're doing sort of a thing. So, yeah, she's very slick with it as well. She's getting a phone call and she's like, oh, I'm so busy. I have to take this, but here's my card if you're interested. And she really hits on these points of like, oh, well, I own my own business and I have my own hours and here I am shopping on my lunch break. And this woman is like, oh, I would love to have that kind of life. I mean, she really falls right into it. She is the perfect vulnerable prey. And Poppy sees it. She recognizes it. She doesn't become a, you know, a national vice president, which is where she's talking in the beginning, how she just hit rank. You don't become that level by not doing this. Like this is something that you do. She knows she has to do this. And that's the battling of the cognitive dissonance of like, oh my gosh, the worst thing possible could happen. But then also the hope that like, oh, well, maybe this new recruit, like maybe I can change her life in a way that's positive. You know, it's just, there's this really interesting battle. And I think if you've been there, you can see it and you can say, yeah, like, I feel that. I absolutely felt not only the woman in the store, Christina, and being recruited, like I felt that before, but I also feel like Poppy, where it's like, where someone has just a little bit of interest and you're like, I, I would just love to give you more information. Like here, contact me. And she plays it really cool. And I think that's probably one of the reasons that Christina does end up contacting her near the end of the film and sort of completes this full circle of like eat or be eaten kind of thing. Yeah. And that's what ultimately pushes her over the edge to that second act break, really, where it's like she's going to make the choice to continue to overcome that sense of cognitive dissonance and be like, maybe if I can just do it with her, you know, this time. It'll take away all my, it'll wash away all my sins with April. We'll move forward. Everything will be fine. So yeah, it brings it full circle with her. It was a cliffhanger. I was like, what next? (laughs) What's happening next? So is there room for you to do more of this? Are you wanting to turn this into like a more of a feature or like a a short film? What's the plans for the downline? I would love to make it into a feature film. I haven't explored too many avenues for that. I have met with a, like a line producer as far as like helping with like scheduling and budgeting and stuff. So I know what it would take money wise to make this, but it's, you know, it's not a weekend project. It's would be pretty hefty because where it takes off after this is the Lemonwell World Conference sort of a thing. So Poppy, the rest of the film takes place at a hotel where she's going through the conference and avoiding people who want to talk about it. You know, her having hit this new rank, like she's supposed to be a very visible persona at this thing. It's sort of where we pick up from her deciding to go and then what she does when she gets there. 
So I, I would love to turn it into a feature film. I have the script, I have my pitch deck and all that stuff. But yeah, it's just, it's looking for ways to really fulfill that. One of the ways that a lot of independent filmmakers do that is through like crowdfunding, Seed and Spark, Kickstarter, Indiegogo, different things like that. I mean, I think it would even make a fantastic episode of a show, like an anthology show, like Black Mirror or something like that. You know, it's just, it has this really good sinister arc that I think a lot of shows that highlight pyramid schemes and that behavior don't get into. A lot of times when you see multi-level marketing come up in television or movies, it's lighthearted. It's always Everybody knows the joke. We're all kind of joking that these people are stuck in a pyramid scheme. We've all been there. And it's kind of lighthearted. Like I think of like Bob's Burgers with like Aunt Gail getting back into oils. (laughs) And like she's got the oil shoved up her nose and she's freaking out. Mm -hmm. Or like Ali Vu in Schitt's Creek with the tips and tricks. And it's always like this like comedy trope, which is great. I love it. I think it's hilarious. But I also think that sort of does a disservice to the movement. I mean, it gets people aware like, oh, it's a scam, ha ha ha. But like on the compassionate advocacy side of like understanding the psychological implications of being in something like this and cults and things, like I think it does a little bit of a disservice when we keep it so lighthearted. So when I see stuff like yours, where it's talking about the worst possible thing, like murder and suicide and things like that, where you're like, oh my gosh, not that's always the end. But there's this, I think most people can relate to the financial aspect of being completely gutted or, you know, spending way more money than you need to. In the downline, you see April sort of talking about that. Like I've spent all this money. I can't, we're so in debt. Like we're going to lose our house, things like that. Like I said, those are things that people have literally told me and shared on the podcast with us. And so when I see people going after the harder topic within bringing awareness or poking fun or making it a plot device, I'm so drawn to it because you just don't see it that often. And so, yeah, I just, I'm such a fan of your work and I'm going to watch all your other short films. I'm very interested in the one with the fly. Oh yeah. It's very funny. (laughs) So, you know, I think what you're doing is really cool. Well, thank you. And the more authenticity and like realness on the dark side of this that we can bring the better i mean you see cult documentaries and cult stories all the time or true crime but i think like i said this disservice because everybody thinks mlm is just this joke and ha 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 i would never be so dumb as to join one it hasn't really crossed the threshold that much except for the people like in our circle that are already listening or sharing with friends like the majority of the population just sees it as a scam and i know that because the comments on my social media when i talk about like hey people lose money and i'm trying to be compassionate because i'm speaking to people who are in mlms and i get these comments that are like well yeah duh everybody knows their pyramid schemes are people really still falling for this in 2024 and i'm like yes they are because it's such a joke, sure. people don't think it has real devastation like that. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, there are so many different ones too. And so it's hard to nail down that one thing is going to be like a cult or a pyramid scheme or something. It's the, the target's always moving, you know? So I think coming at it from a place of being real or being compassionate and empathetic is so important because how else are you going to get people to listen 
really, you know? So I, I think coming at it from that perspective, even if you're just replying to a comment on something, you're like, no, this is like people's lives, really. At the end of the day, it's this could really hurt some people. And that is what really drew me to the subject matter as a film, too, especially in the ways that I know men get into MLMs, too, but overwhelmingly, it's women. And the playing up of what you're talking about within some of the dialogue of the girl bossness of the language that you use. And it's just so, that's such a hard thing for me because, you know, as a feminist and wanting women to have equal footing in the world, that does women such a disservice when we are promoting, uh, you know, a company that is run probably by a board of men, knowing that they're targeting and manipulating women for their own gain and that the women within the companies are probably never going to see a dime that these, you know, the the men at the top are making. And so it's this warped anti-feminist capitalism sort of a thing. And it's just so messed up to me. Ultimately, you could make more money if you went and worked at McDonald's or something. But we don't want to talk about that because, well, one, we have a tendency to look down on people that work in jobs like that. And owning your own business is much more like noble and interesting and being an entrepreneur is a more compelling like narrative that you have for your life in MLMs. So prey on that notion of you're better than that. You know, it's, you could be at the top here. You could own your own business sort of a thing. It's just telling, again, mostly women such a lie about the value of their time and their lives, you know? Absolutely. It's really like toxic masculinity and the patriarchy (laughs) and like weaponized incompetence all rolled up together in this like strange, toxic femininity, toxic feminist place. Like it's not for women. Mm -hmm. Half of the products that they're selling us, we don't need. You don't need cellulite cream and, you know, diet shakes and (laughs) skinny wraps. You don't need collagen supplements, like all of these things that we're told society tells us or whatever that we need that all of these MLMs pander to, where you look at the top, like you said, and it's like the boardroom in Barbie where every single person is a man. And you're like, where's the woman in charge of this woman company? There is no woman here. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's it's a capitalist cult. It's all about the money. It's all about bringing the money to the top. And I get called like anti-women a lot. And I just think it's hilarious because I'm like, okay, whatever. Like you have no idea what you're talking about. You're parroting this toxic message from these toxic men who are just milking you dry. I'm trying to pull you out of the swamp and you're like, I'm good. You're stupid. I'm like, okay, well, see you in three months when you figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk soon. Yeah. I make a joke about it. Like, well, I'll be here when you need me because you're going to need me. But like, I don't want to have to be that person. I don't want to have to be the person that's right about the scam you're in. I don't want to have to be the person that's right about you needing guidance when you get out of your cult. Like, I'm there. I'll gladly do it. I'll help you. But like, I'm not proud that my projections were correct because it means that you are now going through something horrific that you could have avoided. And, you know, that's not the kind of thing I like being right about. And it's just this weaponized incompetence. It just drives me crazy. But they have just figured out this way to not only like make us feel bad about ourselves, but then charge us to promote it for them. 
and make you buy it first in some cases right. too. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to buy it. You're going to use it. You're going to tell everybody it's great. Now, not broken anymore. You are because of it. It's just, it's so gross. And it's so wonderful to meet people who are making content in other genres and other avenues that are really just hitting the mark so well. And I just thought both of these short films were so good. And I just, I really wanted to talk to you about not only your inspiration, but like your thoughts on all of this. I really appreciate being able to have this conversation. It was really strange because I was like, Michelle, do you think that she'll, because I was, I didn't pick up on any of the fact that you had been influenced by not only (laughs) but like my work. But for me, like, I just thought you did it so beautifully. I had no idea that I had been partially part of your inspiration. I just really thought that you had been burned bad in an MLM and you were a hater like me. (laughs) Yeah, I was just a, yeah. I mean, I can be a hater sometimes still, but I was so influenced by you. It's when you emailed me, I was like, I called my my husband was like, Aaron, I was like, oh my God, Roberta Blevins just emailed me and he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, don't you remember? But he watched it with me, the Lula Ridge documentary. He was like, oh my God, yeah. And we were both really excited about it, but it was just, it was so funny. I have big golden retriever energy about like a lot of everything. And I was just like, oh my gosh, somebody who's doing this, who's creating this content, who's like doing the research and the homework and like getting it right, like so right, like so on the nose. And I'm just like, man, And I'm like, she's probably super busy, you know, (laughs) making short films all the time. And I just was like, I'm just going to reach out. Maybe she knows who I am. Maybe she's interested in talking to me. And I'm glad that. (laughs) Little did you know, I've been studying your videos. (laughs) I had no idea. I really had no idea. But no, I'm definitely like, when I write, it's like, I, I'm a writer that does like a lot of thinking beforehand. So like, I spent like a lot of time researching And then when I was ready to start writing, I just felt like it was just, it just comes out, you know, but that totally, it just makes my heart so happy to hear how on the nose it was so accurate. Yeah. You guys, you have to watch it and let me know what you think because, oh my gosh, there'll be room on the discord. We have this whole thing where you can go and like discuss episode things and Michelle and Nick are on it. We'll have it there. And you guys can tell me what you think about these short films and how relatable they were to you. Yeah, I'll have to join your Discord too. Yeah, it's fun. Michelle told me for months and months and months that I would love it. And I was like, no. (laughs) It is fun. It's like a little chat room. It is. It's like a little chat room, but like all the chat rooms are like labeled. So (laughs) if I want to talk about one thing, I can go in a different chat room and talk about it. And like, it's fantastic. I have no idea how they make it so great, but they make it really great. So for everybody who just really is enjoying what you do and wants to check it out, where can everybody find you? So I am on YouTube. Oh God, I should have. <laughs> what is my YouTube called? Yeah, I'm on YouTube just at Rachel Weatherly. That's the same for my Instagram, just at Rachel Weatherly. I am trying to get off of Twitter, so don't follow me there because <laughs> I'm trying to leave. But yeah, I mainly post things about writing and filmmaking on my Instagram. I have some family stuff here and there, but I try to mainly, I try to focus it a little bit more, but yeah, just at Rachel Weatherly on YouTube and on Instagram. Perfect. Are you ready to do some rapid fire questions with me? Oh, sure. Yes. Let's do it. All right, Rachel, give me one word that encompasses how you feel about multi-level marketing. Oh, just grief, I guess would be a good one. Just 
I, I guess that's one word. Yeah. No, that's perfect. Yeah. Give me a piece of advice to anybody who is interested in joining an MLM. Like, what would you say to them? Listen to Roberta Blevins podcast. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to say no to that. Uh, Rachel, what is the worst MLM in your opinion? Mm, I would have to say like an herbal life that is just, just global and the food is disgusting. <laughs> So it's just nasty worldwide, you know? Oh my God. What is the hardest lesson that you learned about MLMs in doing your research for your films? It was that like, it's mostly men just like owning these companies and just preying on vulnerable people. The majority of them are women, you know, women that are, their husbands or partners are in the military, they're away. They're just, you know, they just want friendship and community and they're preyed upon and that just makes me terribly sad. And what was a positive takeaway from your time researching MLMs? Oh, I mean, the, <laughs> there are some really funny moments and like listening to, cause people will, you know, do commentary videos on zoom calls and stuff. And some of the, <laughs> you just have to laugh, but it's so toxic at the same time that you're laughing at it. Um, so I got a lot of laughs out of my research at just the ridiculousness of certain corporate speak that people use everywhere, you know, and it's hard not to laugh at it. I would agree with you. There are some like really wild, like cliches that I've heard that I'm like, that's not what that means. (laughs) (laughs) And they just say it so confidently and you're like, okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You should look that up. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. I will put all of the links in the show notes so that everybody can follow along and find you as easily as possible. I just want to say thank you again for finding time and having this conversation with me and sharing your incredible short films with the world because I really, really, really like them. Thank you so much. I am so flattered and just stoked to be here. So thank you again. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And follow us on social media at Life After MLM Podcast or visit our website at lifeaftermlmpod.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon for exclusive content and join the community on Discord. You can find all of the links to follow in our show notes. Life After MLM is produced by Roberta Blevins. Audio editing is done by the lovely Kayla Craven. Video editing by the indescribable RK Gold. And Michelle Carpenter is our triple emerald princess of robots. If you have a story about a cult, fraud, scam, or MLM and want to be on the show, please hit us up. We would love to help you tell your story and start your healing journey in life after MLM. See you next time, Hans. Thank you.